Guys, this is the teaching fellow captain uh, for the month, and uh, I love it because he's not even teaching this month. And, 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 I, and I love that. I, I think that says a lot about you, Barry, that you would even be willing to give up your own slot to another man. And uh, I appreciate uh, your leadership this month and, and overseeing it. And I'm really excited for this morning. So if you could introduce us to uh, this morning's teaching fellow. Good morning, guys. Uh, like Ryan said, uh, you know, we have a month of May. I'm very blessed at our table to just have some, some true leaders that just want to step up and, uh, you know, wanted to take a turn at this. And I explained how, how much of a blessing it is, which uh, our uh, speaker today will be his first time. And he'll understand when he's done. Right now, he's sweating bullets. It's, uh, it's going to be a fun day. Our speaker today, you know, he's he's uh, he's our age. I'm not gonna tell you his age because he's our age. He's younger than me. Um, married 23 years. He's got three children. He has two daughters and a son. Uh, one of which he got baptized right here in our very parking lot. Yeah. So he he and his son uh, Levi both took the dunk out here in the parking lot. And but to see his face when he got to do that, that was that was amazing. Um, just something amazing to do. He's been involved in a lot of things. Uh, electrician for uh, seven years, fire service for 24, which for me, that is, that's major. I mean, that's, uh, he does things that, that I don't know I'm capable of, and I appreciate him every single day for that. Uh, he's been an Ironman with us for just over three years. He attends uh, Lakeside Church, uh, which is the church I go to, and uh, him and his family are involved there. And without uh, further ado, I'd like to bring Sean Swartz up here. True, true to, you know, our kind of our mission statement, uh, Proverbs 27, 17. Iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. And I can promise you, gentlemen, you're in for a treat today. Yeah, I'm going to pass out right here. He will get quite, quite the show. I will try to keep this short, but I do have a little story that I will need to tell just so you guys can understand where I'm coming from. I will make Dave proud because I will ball up here, I assure you. But I'm going to cry because the Holy Spirit I know is going to hit me, already has, and it just means so much and it's so important that I'm not going to try to find it. So I'm just going to be myself and, and uh, hopefully you guys understand. I'll try to keep it quick. Very humble to be up here. I know there's a lot of people that know a lot more about scripture than I do. Pastors and everybody else in here, scholars. So I don't really feel properly equipped to be here, but the Lord did put it on my heart. So I'm going to try to try to hold up that uh, that promise that I gave to him that I would pick up my cross and, and uh, go with it. So bear with me. If I can get everybody to stand, I want to read God's word first so I don't forget later. I'm going to read from uh, John 14. And it's uh, Jesus' promises of the Holy Spirit. So, if you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The, word cannot, the world cannot accept him because they can neither see him nor do they know him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. That hit home to me because uh, what we're going to talk about today is... Everybody can be seated. Thank you. That hit home because uh, what I want to talk about today is a couple of things. One thing is being humble. The book that we're reading, uh, We Are in Moses, being it was the fifth month, I assumed that it was going to be Gideon because that's who it is in the fifth chapter. So I did a whole thing on it, and then Barry tells me a week ago or two weeks ago, oh, by the way, it's not Gideon, it's Moses. <laughs> Beautiful. Perfect. 
I see how this show works. Uh, but it says in the book, I, I really, this, this part stood out. It wasn't one of the, the major things I think that people concentrate on with Moses, but the stumble made him humble. And it says in scripture that he was the most humble man on the face of the earth. And for me, my story, that's where I struggled. My, my background is hard, live hard, two brothers, uncles. I lost my father early. Um, I was 16 years old. Brother Bobby's over here, original Iron Man. I meant to call him out first. And he prayed for me every day until I finally got it. And that was a part of my journey. But I thank you, brother, for that. You're my idol and my best friend. So I was a very proud man. There was no crying at home. There was no taking a day off. Um, I was an electrician, but I was 21 years old. Um, I was the youngest person that was running a truck at the time at Amber Electric. You guys probably remember them. Uh, bright future now. There was no grieving. And I carried around this burden all the time. And the only time I could really make that burden go away is if I drank alcohol. Um, I didn't write. Unfortunately, I did try other drugs, but I, I didn't care for any of them. It just wasn't the thing. But when I grieved, I didn't understand why I was grieving. I just knew when I had a beer, I just felt better. I did that for 30 years, hard, you know? I wasn't, and I, I wouldn't consider myself an alcoholic, but during the weekends, you know, you just, you just want that pain to go away. And I couldn't figure out why I was having it. In my late 40s, it gradually got worse to where I was starting to self-destruct. It looked like I had everything together. Try to stay in shape. I try to be, you know, hold up my, my end of the bargain at work. And uh, Chief Smothers over there, one of my best friends, and Eric, another one of my best friends at the fire department. And um, no one ever had to worry about me showing up to work and doing my work professionally. But inside, I was dying. I was self-destructing. And one day I had a binge and I'll never forget it. I told my wife, I just don't want to be me no more. I just, I just don't want to be me. Um, I had two daughters. I was struggling with both. Uh, I struggled with some of the, the new attitudes and things that our children put us through. You know, again, I grew up pretty hard. So I don't deal with drama very well. That was on me, it wasn't on them. They didn't do anything wrong. I just didn't have it together. So one particular weekend, I decided that I want to start drinking and I started drinking on Thursday and I went all the way through the weekend. Most of it's a blur, but I was drinking because I was broken and I didn't know it. It was Sunday, knowing that I got to work on Monday, I was probably at my lowest point and I just didn't give a damn. I just didn't give a damn. I said, I didn't want to be me and the wife came out and I just, whatever, if you don't want to be out here, go in, I'm staying in the van cave. Next thing I know, I wake up on Monday morning you guys ever had a bad, bad, bad hangover? I'm sure you have. I felt like death warm over, warmed over, and I don't remember going to bed. And when I did go to bed, I'm sure I was not in a good place. So I got up that morning, I could smell breakfast cooking. I go out there and I see my beautiful wife cooking breakfast and she's just crying. And she senses my presence, she turns around, I'm sure I look terrible and she's like, I can't live with you anymore. I'm not gonna watch you self-destruct and tear us apart. So I didn't even have an excuse this time. So I uh, went to the bathroom. I didn't want to look in the mirror because I didn't like the person I seen. I got dressed, looked professional, even though I was dying inside, I went to work. And this time when I went to work, I didn't even go to my office. I went straight to the bathroom. I set all my stuff down on the counter. And God strike me down finally telling the truth. I hit my knees. I said, I can't live another day. I don't want to live another day. I'm broke. I'm not sure what the hell is wrong with me. I just need your help. And uh, these men here around here will tell you right now that I haven't been the same since. It took a while, but something changed that day. 
And I didn't make my wife a promise this time. I didn't promise her, oh, I won't do this, I won't do that. I just said, Lord, take it out of my heart because I, I'm too damn weak to do it alone. It's like I took that whole bag of burden and I set it down and I'm like, you gotta do something with it. And that's why my life isn't the same. My life is, nothing that I have in my life is worse than what it was then. As a matter of fact, there is a one thing that's not better, that's improved. Everything's improved. My relationship with my wife, my kids, my brothers, everyone that I know, they're like, something's different about you, especially at work. Something's different. And then that's my opportunity to tell them about the Lord Jesus. So um, so I, I know I'm already over, but I wanted to get that story out. Okay. So um, I'm not even going to read from my thing. I'm just going to shoot from the hip. So what I try to do every morning when I wake up is is try to listen for the voice of God. And I say, just use me today somehow. I don't care how, I don't care if it's a person on the side of the road, if it's Eric that needs encouragement, if it's Byron that needs encouragement, if it's my son, my, you know, anyone, it doesn't matter. It's just, I get that feeling, that, that Holy Spirit, when you get that nudging in the back of your head, sometimes you just, you gotta go with that as faith. That is the Holy Spirit, at least it is for me. And I doubted it, like, should I, should I not? Man, should, should I stop? Should I bring it up? Should I ask them if I should pray for them? Gentlemen, it, it's not the blessing really on them. You're trying to help them, but truly the blessing's on you. That, that will be shown as your righteousness. When we get there, you know, how many people did you help? Like, I look at it as opportunities. If I miss an opportunity, I go, damn, I know I should have helped that person. I should have said something. I know every one of you guys have felt that before. I, I'm the only one. I have been told that before. You're the only one that thinks like that. <laughs> Not usually in this case. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to do right. The Lord says we do not put the candle underneath the bed. You put the candle on the stand so you show the light. You don't have to tell everyone you are the light. Your actions will speak for your words. And they will know just by your actions if you're sincere or not. And trust me, my kids have put me through that. I've been called a hypocrite, but I have been told that that's just part of it because it's it's something new and they don't understand. And I get uh, I get a little kickback every now and then. Um, either the kids or the wife will say something's going wrong. They'll go, "Oh, we know. Just pray about it." And they go, "You're starting to get it." Well, Dad, why are you not nervous about this? I'm like, God already has a plan. It's already done. It's already planned. You just go forward and, and move in faith. So uh, be still, listen for the Lord's word, try to hear it, ask for something to do, and then act in faith. Act in faith and go forward, be bold. Don't sit there and wish, oh, I, I wish I would have done something. Because you never know what that's, that's going to be. And you never know who it's going to affect. One little quick story. I have time for one more quick story. So... This has been a month or two, a couple months ago. I was coming down the road and I just prayed. For whatever reason, I decided to go a different direction this time, a different way to work. So on the way to work, I'm driving. I'm like, Lord, just use me somehow. Somehow today, just use me. You know, I, I, I want to show you that I'm there and I'm, I want you to, I want to know that you're there too. Use me somehow, you know. Um, and I was driving down the road, like I said, and this, and this lady was walking and she looked like I did on my worst day, my best day. I forgot to tell you all that. That is my worst day, my best day in my entire life. They're both in the same day. So I'm talking to myself or the Holy Spirit and I'm driving. I'm like, should I stop? 
she looked pretty rough. She even not look good, but I've got to be at work. I'm like, Tom, we're going to be doing prayer here in just a few minutes. Oh, by the way, Tom's mother's fire chief, myself and the fire marshal at uh, the city of McCoy. We pray every morning, five minutes to eight. We have everyone in the office, but one, but we're working on her every morning. We pray out loud. And that's all Tom. He, he, uh, he was bold enough to do that. Be bold. So anyway, back to the, the story. I argued with myself for a little bit. I'm like, I got to turn around. So immediately, okay, that's the decision. I know that's it. So I turn around and go back. I can't find her. I drive around. I can't find her. She's not, she just like disappeared. Like, where did she go? She was barely moving. So I drive around and where's at this complex. And I drive around this complex and there was this gentleman sitting outside of his truck and he's smoking a cigarette. He worked for animal services. I just noticed the truck and I stopped. I rolled down the window and, uh, he said, hey, how's it going? I said, pretty good. I said, have you seen a young lady walking by here? She did not look good. Have you seen her? He goes, she went back towards that alleyway there. I go, okay. And it was the woods. Obviously, I couldn't go in there. He goes, well, do you mind me asking, why would you looking for her? And I said, uh, well, the Lord told me I should, I should probably stop, see what I can do for her, if I can help her. She didn't look good. If I can help in any way or just encouraging her or something, that the Holy Spirit touched me. He's like, God talk to you? I go, well, he didn't really knock me on the head, but yes, I heard a voice in my, my head and I truly believe that's the Holy Spirit. And he goes, who does that? I go, well, <laughs> I guess I feel like a fool, but I do because he goes, why? I said, because Jesus would have stopped and he stopped for me on my worst day. And the guy's face, you should have seen his face. He says, you have no idea how bad I needed to hear that this morning. And I said, Jesus loves you. Set your burden down and ask him, and he'll help you. But it's got to be wholehearted. It can't be half-assed. It's got to be all the way. That's what I got, guys. Uh, the questions you have, the last thing was, did you succeed? And that story relates to the succeed. I didn't help the young lady, but God wanted me to talk to that man. I, I believe that till the day I die. There was a reason I was there. But if I didn't stop and listen for God's word, say, hey, Turn around and go help her. If I would have just flown it off and went to work, I never want to talk to that man. And somebody needed to talk to him. So every day, that's what I try to do. So I encourage you guys to try to do the same. Yeah. Sean, before you sit down, first of all, thanks for your prep. Thanks for ditching your notes to the side and just speaking from your heart, which I love that. Um, it is a cool moment for your, your brother in the back. <clears throat> Bob is uh, one of the, he is the founder with me and <clears throat> two other guys, Ryan's dad. And Tim Baker, uh, we uh, we started this journey in 2008 together, and I know the moments that your brother prayed for you, and um, yeah, so it's it's a really cool moment for your brother to be in the back, just hearing you speak from your heart and be authentic and be real. So thank you for that this morning. One thing I noticed in your questions is that each question references the Holy Spirit. Not too many guys um, have done that, and I know that you are sensitive to the the voice inside of the Holy Spirit saying things to you and prompting you. And um, I just wanted to recognize the fact that I think it's cool that every question has the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, because a lot of times we don't talk about the Holy Spirit. And yet in all of your questions, the Holy Spirit is referenced, which I think is awesome. Um, so I wanted to ask you a question related to that. Uh, I don't know if you knew that you were doing that or you just naturally just put that in, but why is the Holy Spirit so important in your story? 
I mean, Jesus, obviously, but also the Holy Spirit is so important in your story. Why is that? Why do you feel that that is? Because the Holy Spirit lives in you. He's there all the time. That's Jesus' spokesperson. He's in you. You just have to slow down long enough to try to hear it. And for me, that's what keeps me straight. That's when I know, ooh, better not do that. That's not my own thought. Because my own thought is, ooh, get another one. Let's do this. Let's... No, slow down. Hold your tongue. Your daughter needs you. Overlook the petty stuff and do what's right. That, for me, that's the Holy Spirit in me. Awesome. Guys, if you could give Sean a hand for this morning. All the firefighters that are over there. And one last thing, I understand that you started something called Firemen of God. Firemen of God. What is that? Uh, it's just a, uh, it's really, it's cheating off of this, really. <laughs> true, another true story. I was sitting in my tree stand and my daughter's a couple hundred yards away. It's early in the season and I'm sitting there and uh, we had some very big deer on camera. I like to hunt. And the Holy Spirit hit me and... The pastor told me a long time ago, if the Holy Spirit hits you a lot of times, he cries. And that makes sense to me because I thought something was wrong with me, but there's nothing wrong with me. It's when the Holy Spirit hits, I cry. I was sitting up there. I couldn't have shot a deer if I wanted to because I was just sitting up there bawling. <laughs> and I was just so thankful that he changed my life around. And my daughter wanted to be with me for the right reason. And I was trying to lead the family. And I thought to myself, God, what can I do? What can I do to make a difference? And all of a sudden, it just popped in my head, like, why don't we have that for firemen? We're supposedly tough and this and that, but turns out if you guys do the stats, firemen are right up there with police and lawyers and a few other occupations of leading suicides because we're broke. We don't, we don't know that we're broke, but I don't know of any fire service, Christian-based organization. So I said, you know what? I wonder if Tom and the guys want to get together on, on Thursday nights at five. And right now we're in Matthew and we have seven or eight, nine, 10 guys that come. We do Zoom and we're trying to just be in God's word. And eventually what I would like to do is try to reach out to many fire departments because I know there's young firemen just like I was at 25, thinking I'm bulletproof, 10 foot tall, which obviously I'm not. <laughs> but there's a lot of pain going on that I think maybe we can help, but he can help. Christ can help them. But if, if you don't lead them to it, they're not going to know. I wish I would have known more then. So I love it when a man plays to his gifts and when he hears the calling from the Holy Spirit, he goes and does. And one of the gifts that you have of many uh, is the gift of encouragement. And there's many times that you have encouraged me and I want to recognize you for that. So thank you for that, brother. Well done this morning.